This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. vitality, vivacity, living, springing. In the Greek, it's called Zoe. In the uh, Aramaic, it's Kai. In the Hebrew, it's Kayim. Spirited, live, live again. Jesus came so that you can have life in this life right here more abundantly. If I was in my old zip code, I'd say the more better life. Anybody want the more better life? You're entitled to the more better life because Jesus got up. And because Jesus got up, in the name of Jesus, I'm commanding you to get up, raise up, stand up, live again. I need to prophesy to you. This resurrection life is not a once a year thing. This is a forever thing. This is the miracle of Easter, the miracle of Resurrection Sunday. Not just to come that one day and show up, but to keep on showing up. Keep on getting up. Keep on raising up. Keep on standing up. And in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood, live. Again, remember, resurrection is the act of causing something that had ended or been forgotten or lost to live again. That might be what's going on in your life. Or what has happened in your life, maybe with your family, maybe with your business, your place of employment. I don't know. With a relationship, I don't know. But resurrection is the act of causing something that had ended, had been forgotten. Maybe you have felt forgotten. Maybe you felt lost. But get up. Raise up. Stand up. Live. Let me prophesy to you. God told me that right now, and Betsy confirmed that out of two or three witnesses, every word is established. God is right now, we're in a season. We're at the boiling point. We're at the brink of miracles. Got one person that was excited about it. And you see, this is the thing. You're going to have to get a revelation on it. So that I'm going to, let, let me say this. Let me say this. While I'm prophesying, let me give you some instruction on what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to keep showing up. Because over this next 40 days, I'm going to be dropping it, and I'm going to be dropping a bomb. I'm going to be dropping it like it's hot, and you've got to be here to catch it. You've got to be here to get it. Because at the revelation of it, listen to me, as the revelation, as the illumination comes, you're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in your life. 
How did you see it, Betsy? A way that you never thought of? A way that you didn't even know that kind of way existed? God already has it planned out. He already has you at the forefront of his mind, and he's ready. He's at the brink to do it for you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to live and live again. You're not forgotten. You are not forgotten. You're not lost. You're not misplaced. You're not overlooked. Because Jesus got up. And when Jesus got up, you got new life. When Jesus got up, you got new life. And you got to get a revelation on it. God told me that he is going to expedite some things, things that you've been waiting on for a long time. He's bridging the gap between when you start believing God for it and when it's going to manifest and it's going to hit in the middle. God has a miracle with your name all over it. Now here's the housekeeping that you have to get. This I'm in pastor mode right here. I got to tell it to you. Somebody not going to like it and somebody not going to do it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The devil is going to try to come within this time frame that I'm talking about to cause you to not feel like coming. The weather is going to be nice. You're going to have other things to do. Other things are going to come to try to distract you, to captivate your attention. Whatever turns your head will turn your heart. Listen to me, and this is what God told me. Don't be offended. The devil is going to come with everything that he knows how to do to cause you to be offended. Cause you to be offended with your pastor, to be offended with your peers, to be offended with your spouse, to be offended with your children, to be offended with your co-workers, to be offended so that you don't get what God has for you. Make up in your mind right now. Here's a Pastor Andrea Isma just in your seat. And this is what you have to say. And I say it out loud. I say, I refuse to be offended. Come on, say it out loud and say it with some gumption. I refuse to be offended. You know why? Because you, what you've been waiting on, what you've been believing God for, is way worse than this little foolishness, this little pettiness. So you got to refuse to be offended. Now you've got to get in the lean. When you know when anybody ran track, you got to get in a lane because I'm about to pass the baton. And as soon as it touched your fingertips, you need to take off running because there's a miracle with your name all over it. Here comes a miracle. Here comes a I sense it. I sense it in my shana, my hata. There's a miracle with your name all over it. And it's time for you to live and live again. Remember, I'm, I'm just telling just give me, just bear with me. Are you, are you listening to me? Remember, Jesus had already told the disciples numerous times, I'm getting up. The power of the grave can't hold me down. Destroy this temple in three days. I'm already, they, they heard it. They understood it, and they believed it, didn't they? They heard it. They understood it, and they believed it. Then life hit hard. They were twisted in their emotions. They were, they were pushed into fear and everything that they saw in front of their natural eyes caused them to forget what they heard, 
what they believe, what they receive, they forgot just that quick. So they came back to the empty tomb. And the angel was like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He got up just like he said he would. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're happy that Jesus got up, but most of us are happy that Jesus got up for him. I need you to get a revelation. Be happy that Jesus got up for you. Because it was for you. This is how, I'm going to get to the lesson. This is how we have thought about it. In the sweet by and by, then I'll reap the benefit of what Jesus, oh, oh, no, no, no. Your eternity began on Resurrection Sunday. Your new life began on Resurrection Sunday. When he got up, he gave you an empowerment to get back up again. To get up, raise up, stand up, listen to me, live. And live again. This is the power, this is the miracle of the resurrection. Side journey. This is going to help you, though. I'm going to read scripture. Side journey. It's going to help you. When I worked for General Motors, I worked in the recovery unit. The recovery unit was the department where if you were deficient on your car payments or your house payments, my office was the one that came to repossess your car to foreclose on your home. Don't look at me with that tone of face. Because there was a contract that the person And they signed the contract, come hell, high water, sleet or snow, good days or bad days, happy days or sad days, I'm going to pay this note. And I'm going to pay it every month on time. And oh, don't we be happy driving off the lot with that new car smell and that new car, diamond in the back, sunroof top, digging in the scene with a gangster lean. They don't know nothing about it. Until life hits hard. Then when life hits hard, even though they signed the contract, they got your ID, they got your whole signature on the contract, they refused to pay or they couldn't pay. So our office went and repossessed the car, took back possession of the collateral, that we had given you a loan for. There was a period of time that you could redeem your car. You could come and get your car back, but you have to bring all of those notes current and oftentimes pay ahead, depending on your track record. Are you listening to me? Jesus came to satisfy the debts that we owed. We owed a debt that we just couldn't pay because our sin nature kept gravitating downward. So when we would do good, evil was always present. When we wanted to do right, we found ourselves doing wrong. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death like a criminal on a cross. Now, that was the death for us because of our track record. Are you listening to me? But Jesus paid a debt that we couldn't pay And he paid a debt that he didn't owe to redeem our life. Not just old car, 
our own house, but to redeem our very life, our existence, our vitality, our being. He came to redeem. That was the whole purpose of him getting up. Is to buy our buy our life back. Now here's the thing, in my office at GMAC, when you redeem your car, you get the same old car you had. If it was a hoopty, you just redeemed a hoopty. Now you got to keep on paying on this hoopty, and that's what you got. But when Jesus redeemed our life at the resurrection, good God Almighty. We don't redeem the old hoopty life that we had. We redeem brand new life, the new improved life, the more better life, this life more abundantly. It would be like them repossessing a, 19, a 1999 Buick and then you redeem a 2023 Escalade. You turned in a hoopty, but you get bought back. You redeem a more better car with all the bells, all the whistles, all the new technology. And guess what? Every time you want to upgrade, you get another upgrade and another upgrade. And every time something else new comes out, you get that too. All because Jesus paid the price. Resurrection has reference to the act of causing something that had ended. You got to take a vacation in your own mind because I can't read nobody's mail today. To cause something that had been forgotten, overlooked, or lost. Maybe you have felt lost misunderstood and mistaken and taken for granted. But the new good, good news is Jesus got up so that you can live again. Not pick up the raggedy hoopty life, but walk in your new creation life. The more, better life. That's the miracle of resurrection. Listen to me. I'm laying foundation down. I told you you're going to have to walk with me on this one. Some of y'all are going to walk with me, and you're going to have miracle after miracle after miracle, and some of you are not going to do it, and I'm so sorry. Because at the revelation, that's when your miracle comes. At the illumination, that's when your miracle comes. And you have to be a student of the word in order to get it. Because the devil is shrewd and he wants to have you sidetracked and distracted with something that doesn't even serve you well. You're distracted by stuff that doesn't even serve you well to take you away from this life more abundantly. So purpose in your mind. I'm not going to let the devil distract me. And purpose in your mind. I will not get offended. Purpose in your heart, I will not get offended. And if you're offended, leave it at the altar today. Because it's not worth what you have been believing God for. 
God got all the bells and whistles and all the upgrades of your new creation life for you. That's why Jesus got up. It just wasn't about him getting up. He got up so that you could get up, so that you can raise up, so that you can stand up, so that you can live again. So Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what do you do? Think on these things. It's a whole lot of other things I can't be thinking about and worrying about, but I have to purpose in my mind to think on these things so that I am in position for my more better life. Anybody ready for the more better life? It was the blood of Jesus that brought you victory. It was the resurrection that brought you new life. Are you getting a revelation? Jesus did that not just for himself, but for you. The, you don't get new life when the world comes to an end. Oh, we're going to have new life in a sweet by and by. Jesus got up so that you can have good life and new life in the sweet here and now. He's not trying to wait till the end of the world to bless your life. He's blessing it right now. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, yes. Right now. Minister Essence was talking about the, the blessings of Abraham that are on our lives. And she talked about the covenant and how God walked between the pieces. And I'm going to talk more about covenant and, and lay some principle down so that you can really understand what changed Abraham. How did he, how did he switch? How, did he, how was his mind anchored by covenant? They understood covenant in that culture. We don't understand covenant because we break our word all the time. We say we're going to do something, we do the opposite. I'm going to call you to, at this time, I'll be there at 5, and you don't get there at all or don't get there till 7. You break your word so you don't understand covenant. They understood covenant. Even in married relationships, I give it a try. No, this is covenant. It's supposed to be until death parts you. Everybody got quiet right there. When you understand covenant, you will understand what Jesus did for you. He became the sacrificial lamb in the covenant that God cut with you. Minister Essence talked about how God walked through the pieces of the sacrificed animal. The Bible says that walking through the blood was like a burning torch and a flame of fire. The very footsteps of God walked through the blood. And Abraham was laid out, knocked out, cold, because he couldn't do it anyway. God was the one that could uphold the covenant, and it was always marked with blood. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Cain offered a, a sacrifice, Abel offered, a, 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 Cain offered the, the fruit and things like that, and Abel offered the blood sacrifice. He offered the blood. Remember, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Not pass you by, child of God. You thought about it the wrong way. When he say pass over you, I'm covering you. When I see the blood, remember the blood on the doorpost uh, of, is, of Egypt? Anybody on the inside of the blood, the house with the blood on it was protected. 
and anybody that wasn't under the blood, they died. Come on. The blood has reference to the boundaries that God has set around you. Woo! There's a boundary set around you in the blood of Jesus. There's a boundary that the devil can't cross because Jesus got up. He laid his life down and he picked it back up. The testator died so that you could get your stuff. Then he got back up to ensure you get everything that is promised in the word of not only is God a promise giver, he is a promise keeper. So the devil can't cross the line of blood. Who for my old zip code? Step over this line and, and what? Step over this line. I got something for you. Step over this line. And we would draw a line. Step over the line. Then it was on and popping. The devil can't step over the line. He can't step over the blood that is all over you. So you have a right, listen to me, you have a right, listen to me, you have a right to plead the blood. The blood is your legal contract, your spiritual contract. When Jesus laid his life down and picked it back up, he signed, sealed, and delivered your brand new life, this life more abundantly, and he signed it in his blood. It's your legal and your spiritual contract. So when symptoms of sickness try to come against you, you got to show the devil your contract. I plead the blood. When he tries to come against your mind, I plead the blood. Here's my contract. You see it? Signed, sealed, and delivered in the blood of Jesus. You can't cross this bloodline, devil. But what he wants to do is distract you and get you to come from out from under the blood. He can't cross the line, but you can. You've been crossing the line. You've been crossing the line. And once you cross the line, you're not under the blood. Come on, come on, come on. When you plead the blood and you put that, why do I say, in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood? Y'all thought I was just saying that? No, that's letting the devil know. I got blood on this. Jesus paid for this. There's blood. It's signed, sealed, and delivered in the blood of Jesus. When they came talking to me about a heart condition and holes in the chambers of your heart, and, and in three days you're going to have to go in emergency surgery and blah, 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 blah. I plead the blood. It's in my contract. And the contract is signed, sealed, and delivered in the blood of Jesus. Every promise that is in the word of God, Jesus paid for it and he signed it in blood. Jesus, the anointed one, and his anointing, he signed it in blood just for you. He's seated on the right hand of the throne of God. He's living in heaven. He wants us to live the more better life right here and now on this earth. Come on. It's time for you to get up and raise up. It's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to live Again, not the whole hoopty life that we laid down. Jesus paid for that hoopty life. I don't want that no more. I already know what that's about. Got the school of hard knocks. Got bumps and bruises to, to pull. I don't know. I don't even want that no more. I have the new and improved life, the new creation life, the more better life. This life more 
abundant. Come on, you've got to get a revelation. And how I get a revelation, I'm, please, you've got to come back. Because I'm going to, I've got to give you all the foundation. If I wanted to start at Matthew 28 where we left off, but I've got to get your expectation up. You've got to expect for God to do what he said he's going to do. Is he a man that he should lie? When did God lie? When did God fail? He's the undisputed, undefeated champion. And he paid for my more better life. Listen to me. Live! Again. I know you may have experienced some difficulties and some hardships and some depression and some anxiety and some stress and some loss and, and things like that. But Jesus got up. Now you get up. Remember? You get an upgrade whenever you need it. You get an upgrade whenever you want it. Come on. And here's the good thing. Here's the good part. Oh, God, I thank you for it. Here's the good part. It ain't even on me. It's on what Jesus did. I, I couldn't redeem my own life. I couldn't even save my own life. I couldn't stop sinning. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. When I wanted to stop, I couldn't stop. But that new creation man that came, when Jesus got up, gave me an empowerment to get up, to raise up from those dead situations that didn't do me no good, kept, me, kept my mind, mind bound, kept me thinking small, kept me feeling inferior. I tried to get out of it, and I couldn't. But when Jesus got up, I could get up. Because I understand now. It was bought, it was signed, sealed, and delivered in his blood. He redeemed me. He paid the price. And he paid the price so that I didn't have to get the old hoopty life that I used to live. The old defeated life that I used to live. He redeemed me so that I could have the more better life. Life better than my imagination, exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. A life of joy and peace, peace that passes my understanding, that mount guards my heart and my mind. A life that I don't have to live from paycheck to paycheck, but a life of abundance to, to understand that God is a super abundant God. He don't want you to just have barely enough. He wants you to always have more than enough. Come on. That's the reason for the resurrection, resurrection life. And because he got up, I can get up out of depression. I can get up out of anxiety. I can get up out of low self-esteem. I can get up out of abandonment. I can get up out of betrayal. Come on, come on, come on, come up in here with me, somebody. I command you in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to live again. Not the hoopty life, but the new creation life. New life in Christ, resurrection life, new creation life, this life more abundantly, the more better life. It's already been paid for.
If it's paid for, how dare you not take it? How dare you not live in it? The price that he paid was too great for you not to live in it. The price that he paid was too great for you to stay feeling betrayed and feeling abandoned, feeling broken, feeling unloved and feeling used and broken. Step in it. This new life. This redeemed life. Life in telling you there's miracle working power in the blood of the lamb. Remember Jesus is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. The sin. The power that sin had over me. Sin is going to be in the world because people ain't trying to stop sinning. But we can because the power, I was, we were captives to sin. We were slaves to sin. We didn't sin because we were just low down. We were sinning because that was our nature. But Jesus broke it. He broke the back of it. And that does not have to be my raggedy life ever again. I can get up. I can raise up. I can stand up and live again. That blood is for your protection and for your peace. The devil is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. What was the word of the testimony? There's an old testimony and a new testimony. And Jesus came to satisfy the claims of the old testimony or the old testament and give you a brand new testament. The new testament with all of its promises. Because God indeed is a promise giver and a promise keeper. Listen to me. But you need faith in order to believe. You have to have faith to believe. So I am teaching you what the, what the covenant says that you have so that you can get it. If I had time, I'm just going to paraphrase this in my last couple of moments. If I had time, I would take you over to Genesis chapter 22 where uh, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only begotten son. The miracle that he got that way. That was a miracle that he got that way, a miracle that nobody else got. Remember, he was 100 years old. 100 years old, his wife was 90. What they, what they trying to do? Gave him power. Are you listening to me? Gave him some dunamis, dynamite, explosive power, might, and ability. And whoop, there it was. They got a son. The only begotten son. And God said, take, take your son and offer your son Isaac on the sacrifice. Sacrifice to me. Because sacrifice, I don't sacrifice outside of his presence. I sacrifice in his presence. Can you stay with me? Because everything that I need and every, ever would need is in his presence. So Abraham got up early. He took his servants and he took his son to go to the Mount Moriah to sacrifice. He didn't take, he didn't take a, a, a a lamb or a goat, he took his son. He told his servants, he said, y'all stay here. Me and the lad, we're going to go yonder and worship. Worship brings the presence of God on the scene. Worship brings the presence of God on the scene. 
when praises go up, his blessings come down. I'm in his presence when I worship. I'm thankful I don't have to sacrifice a lamb. All I have to do is worship. Because everything that I really need for my life and my more better life, it's all in his presence. Listen, we try over and over and over again to do it our way and to get the blessings that we needed outside of his presence. And look what it got us. Heartache, suffering, pain, resentment, abandonment. Because we tried on our own. We did not have the capacity to do it. So I can go in his presence. And in his presence is everything that I could ever possibly need. He said, me and the lab, we're going to go worship and we'll be back. And they're looking at him like, he old. Is he getting senile? He's taking him and the boy to go worship. They ain't even got no sacrifice. Isaac didn't even recognize him. Where's the sacrifice? The Bible says that Abraham laid the wood, enough wood to consume a whole human being on his son. Laid it on his son as they went up the mountain. Laid enough wood on his son to go up a mountain. Now, we like to think that Isaac was a, a little boy about seven or eight years old, but scholars believe that he was 33 years old. Hmm. Sound like it's about the same age Jesus was, doesn't it? And the father laid the wood on the son. Now, I look waste. I'm just not getting back in the gym, so don't judge me. Don't judge me. But one of the, one of the weaker parts of my body is my arms. Don't let me do my legs now, because I can go with my legs. But my arms, uh, not, not, not that much. Can you imagine trying to carry enough wood to burn a whole human being up a hill in your arms? the father laid it on so let me suppose to you that he didn't put it in his arms he put it on his back aren't you strong on your back and if I have that much wood on my back then I want to hold it on my back and go up that rugged mountain Mount Moriah which indeed was the same, the exact same mountain that Jesus, that God sacrificed his own son, Jesus, on. So now they've laid the wood on the altar, and, and Isaac's like, okay, Daddy, we came up here to worship. Here's the wood. Here's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? You it. You're the sacrifice. If Abraham was 100 when he conceived, Isaac. Isaac's about 33 years old. Do you think a 33-year-old could beat a 140-year-old man down? 135-year-old man? I, I believe Isaac could have took him out. I ain't getting up there. You get up there. But he trusted his father. And the father understanding covenant because remember, God walked through the God walked through the blood. God marked his mind. Not only am I a promise giver, I am a promise keeper. So if you lay this child down, this is, this is uh, Abraham's mindset. If I lay him down and you see it, this is the seed that's going to make me the father of many nations. That my seed is going to be like the stars in the sky. This the one. If I sacrifice him in worship, guess what? 
I'm trusting you to resurrect him. I'm trusting you to raise him back up. Isaac on the altar. Abraham got the, the, the knife ready to slay his son because he said, okay, God, this is the one. Okay, you're going to have to raise him back up because you walked through the pieces. I saw the blood. I saw the blood. I saw the blood. I smelt the blood. I, I, I'm mocked by the blood. So if this boy die, you about to raise him back up. Because not only are you a promise giver, you are a promise keeper. That boy laid down on that altar and Abraham went to slay the, slay the boy. And then God spoke, said, Abraham, stay your hand. This is what I like about it. I'm just taking a little quick little side journey. Abraham heard right the first time, right? But God had a way that he never thought of. He had a miracle that he never imagined. He had a miracle that was waiting on him. He had a way already made that Abraham couldn't even figure out. He said, Abraham. So that meant he heard from the first time, but he kept on listening. You got to hear, but then you got to keep on listening. Or you will kill something that was supposed to remain living. He said, Abraham, stay your hand. Now I know. Now I know that there is faith, dead-raising faith, lost-raising faith, forgotten about raising faith, abandoned-raising faith, betrayed-raising faith. And here's the deal. You can't be God-given. If you be God-given, then you got to be God, and God got to concede to you. You can't be God-giving no matter how hard you try. He said, don't you dare do it, Abraham. Now I know. You didn't have to go through with it. I saw your faith. He said, the scripture says, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket. Behind him, if it's behind him, let me submit to you, he had to walk past it. He didn't even see the way that God had already made. He walked past the way that God had already made for him, didn't see it and didn't recognize that God had already made a way out of no way. He said the ram was caught in the thickets by its horns. Why does it say by its horns? Because remember, you got to give God a, the best sacrifice, one without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. If it was caught in the thickets by its fur, by its coat, then it would be damaged. We're not giving God damaged sacrifices. Oh, good God Almighty, we're giving him the very best sacrifice. We're giving him ridiculous worship. We're giving him that kind of, it don't make kind of sense, kind of worship. Because we're expecting a miracle down through time because Abraham was willing to do it and you can't beat God given no matter how hard you try God could lay his own son on the wood and his own son went up the side of that mountain and his own son laid on that sacrifice that we call a cross and his own son says in your hands I commit my 
I'm trusting you to give it back to me. Like you said, you would. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. I'm trusting you to do just what you said you would do. You're not only a promise giver, you're a promise keeper. And as a result, on the third day, he got up. He raised up. He stood up. He lived again. Not just for him, but for you. So that you can get up. So that you can raise up. So that you can stand up. So that you can live. Again, not live the old raggedy happenstance life. That broke down life that had you crying all that night long. That life that you couldn't pay your bills. That life where you stayed sick all the time. That life where people broke you and abandoned you and played you for a fool. Not that life, but this life more abundantly. He got up so that you can have the more better life in the name of Jesus Christ and by his blood. I command you to see the blood. I command you to see the blood. I command you to see the blood. And I command you to live. Again. Live again. Come on, tell your neighbor, live again. Come on. You didn't get a hoopty redeemed. You got a brand new life. And every time you need an upgrade, you get a new life. And every time you need another upgrade, you get another upgrade. Everything that you need and an abundance beside is yours. Because he got up, you can get up. Because he raised up, you can raise up. Stop, stop, stop and just assess yourself for a second. You're up. Assist yourself. You got up. Assist yourself. They did what they thought they would do to take you out of here. They never thought you would get up again. They never thought that you would wave your hands again. They never thought that you would say hallelujah again. They tried to break you. They betrayed you. They abandoned you. Life hits you. Sickness hits you. But assess yourself. I'm up. I said, assess yourself. I'm up. Assess yourself. I'm up. And it's time for you to live. Woo. Live again. Live again. Live again. Come on, come on, come on. Live again. We're not talking about that broke down hoopty life. Live again. Live again. Live again. Come on, come on, come on. Live again. Come on. Live again. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I believe within this next 40 days, God is going to do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. He prophesied it in the beginning of the year. Let me give you that prophecy as I close this thing out for today. Thank you for giving me a little bit of extra time. Remember? This is your year of illumination. This is your year of revelation. This is your year of manifestation. This is your year of life defined with meticulous detail. Life unmistakably true for you. This is your year of grace. This is your year of completion. This is your year of newness, of 
praise, abundance, expansion, fruitfulness. This is your year of prophetic fulfillment. This is your year of divine relationships. This is your year of divine marriages. This is your year of walking in the fruit of the Spirit. This is your year of walking in the fruit of the Spirit. This is your year of manifestation. This is still your year. And in the name of Jesus Christ, live again. In Jesus. Now here's how you qualify. Gotta be born again. You got to be born again. You got to be born again. You have to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Otherwise, you heard all of the benefits that's going to pass over you and come right on to us. You got to be born again. If you're not born again, I'm inviting you to come to be born again. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.